Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Beginning a brand new series today called Tis the Season for Miracles. Uh, and the big idea is I'm going to be teaching on miracles this whole month. And the foundation is the Christmas story, which is the greatest miracle of all. You realize that, right? The virgin birth of Jesus Christ. We call that incarnation. Incarnation. Can you say that with me? Incarnation. In the Latin, it means to become flesh. In the Latin, it means to become flesh. God became flesh. Wow. So uh, the greatest miracle that ever happened is the virgin birth. You say, Pastor, I thought the greatest miracle was the resurrection. Listen, there can be no resurrection without an incarnation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the Christmas story with you. We're going to go verse by verse. It's called expository teaching. We're going to pull out principles that we can utilize in our life, help us be better Christians, okay? But that's the launching pad because for the next several weeks, we're going to look at miracles in the Bible. And you get what you teach, what you sow, you reap. So I say, let's go out strong. I don't know what kind of year you've had, but these 30 days can make up for the year. I'm going to say that again. The last month can make up for the year. The last month can make up for the year. These 30 days can make up for the year. Amen. So I want you to go out believing in miracles, expecting miracles, pursuing miracles, and seeing miracles, and being a miracle. Amen. That's the big idea for the whole teaching for the next four weeks. Is that okay? So we believe in miracles. And I love it because the, the worship service this morning, I don't know if you realized it, but they talked about God's plan. And God's plan is this. If you take notes, here it is. Incarnation. And then we have crucifixion. And then we have resurrection. And then we have salvation. Uh, we have the incarnation. That's Christmas, the virgin birth. Uh, without that, there's no Christianity. Without the virgin birth, there's no salvation. So first comes the incarnation. And they sang about that, you know, babe is born. We, we sang the Christmas story. But then Jesus came to die. Jesus came to die for you and for me. So what came next? The crucifixion. He lived for 33 years on this earth. And then what followed the crucifixion? Resurrection. Resurrection. He rose from the dead. And because of that, there's salvation. There is no salvation without a resurrection. And there is no resurrection without a crucifixion. And without the incarnation, there's no Christianity. So the greatest miracle, do you ever think about it? Tis the season for miracles. A big idea, I want you to begin to be miracle-minded. What you focus on, you begin to gravitate towards. I want you to begin to be miracle-minded. Now, what is a miracle? A miracle, uh, miracle land is when you can't and only God can. You can't and only God can. You ever been there? I've been there. I, I was there in the 80s. Pastor Kim had some 
uh, symptoms in her body. She was getting numb in her face, being paralyzed. She had some really crazy stuff going on in her body. So, so what did we do? We went to the city of faith in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Roberts University. That was his hospital that he birthed called the city of faith. We went there and she took some tests. This is back in the eighties. And she took some tests. And after the test, we went to the doctor's office and he was behind. I'll never forget. He was behind the desk and he, and he got up and he walked around and sat on the edge of his desk. I can still remember it. he had, a, had his white thing on down to here and had all of his that utensil around him. And I can still remember he's sitting on the edge of the desk and he said, well, it looks like she's got multiple sclerosis or a brain tumor. And he said, you know, we're, we've run the test. We're, we're waiting for the results. And he said, we can either pursue treating her for multiple sclerosis or a brain tumor, or we can pray. Cool doctor, huh? Or we can pray. We chose, what do you think? Pray. So we prayed. He prayed. He led the prayer. We just agreed with that doctor at the City of Faith, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Roberts University in the 80s. We couldn't, only God could. We got home, week later, we got the report. It came back negative, didn't have any of that. And God healed her over a period of time. The manifestation happened. You've been in places like that. I've been in places like that several times where we couldn't, only God could. Miracle land is when you can't and only God can. Miracle land. And we all need miracles right now. And so I want to help you out in receiving a miracle. Is that okay? I want to help you out in receiving a miracle. So looking at the Christmas story, it's the greatest miracle of all. It's the greatest miracle of all. God became flesh. God left heaven, came to earth, took on the form of flesh, right? But he had to be sinless. So it couldn't be through a natural father. It had to be through a virgin birth without a natural father. Okay, so so we're going to look at that today. Now, again, if you're taking notes, Matthew, Mark and Luke talk about the humanity of Jesus. John talks about the deity of Jesus. The synoptic gospels are called Matthew, Mark and Luke, and they talk about the humanity side of Jesus. And then the gospel of John talks about the deity side. I don't know if you ever think, think about this or not, but Jesus Christ, Jesus is his humanity and Christ is his deity. Jesus was a, a normal name back then, like Joshua in the Old Testament. So Jesus refers to his humanity, but Christ refers to his deity. We're going to close today with a scripture in Isaiah chapter 9, and it says, to us was a, a son given and a child born. You see the difference? Son given, child born. Son given is by the Father God, that's deity, and a child born is his humanity, Jesus. So the greatest miracle, uh, proof of miracles is Christmas. Proof of miracles is the Christmas story. The greatest miracle of all. I hope you believe in miracles. I hope you're believing for a miracle. I hope you become more miracle-minded. I hope, watch this, you see God in everything in your life. I hope you don't miss that. You need to see God in every area of your life. Some people see the booger man in every area of their life. 
Some people see demons in every area of their life. Some people see the devil in every area of their life. Some people see trouble in every area of their life. Big idea, I want you to see God involved in every area of your life. Working behind the scenes, bringing everything together for your good. Can I have a witness in the house? So, so I, I looked up in my 1828 Webster's Dictionary, 1828, I looked at the word miracle, and here's what it said, a wonder, a wonder. Doesn't the Bible say that his name shall be called Wonderful? It does. Fake it till you make it. It says that in Isaiah 9, verse 6, his name shall be called Counselor, Mighty God, Father, Wonderful. So another word for miracle is wonder. In the Bible, you'll see another word for miracle is a sign, signs and wonders. In Webster 1828, it said a wonder, a supernatural event, a supernatural event. Webster also said it transcends natural laws, transcends natural laws. Well, that, that makes sense then when it says nothing is impossible with God because he can transcend any natural law. It's called a miracle. It's called a sign. It's called a wonder. It's called supernatural. I like to say that a miracle is a divine interruption in ordinary affairs. A miracle, and I say, God, interrupt my life today. How about you? God, interrupt my life today. A miracle is a divine interruption in the ordinary. But it went on to say, that it's, it's a, a sign wrought, this is in Webster, 1828, a sign wrought by the Almighty. A sign wrought by the Almighty. I love that, don't you? I like it. So let's go to the Christmas story, Matthew 1. We're beginning this month. Again, tis the season for miracles. We're, we're going to read the Christmas story, Matthew and Luke, and we're going to pull out, we're going to pull out some principles as we go along. Is that Okay. We're a teaching church. Is that all right? We're, we're a word church. Amen. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. This is Mary and Joseph. Now, uh, remember when they would be back in that time engaged. And when they got engaged, the engagement lasted for one year. One year. And, and the, the wife-to-be would remain in her parents' house for one year during the uh, engagement. At the end of that year, they would have the marriage ceremony. She would leave her parents and get married to her husband-to-be, okay, and start their family. Uh, at this time, Mary is 13 or 14. That was the natural age for marriage back then, 13 or 14. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Verse 20. But while he thought of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream and said, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not, fear not, bless you, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the, not a natural father, is of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, did you know this, is the creative force in the Trinity? The Holy Spirit is the creative force in the Trinity. If you look at Genesis chapter one, it says the Holy Spirit 
brooded upon the deep. The Holy Spirit was waiting for God the Father to speak and to bring to pass what he spoke. So the Holy Spirit is the creative force of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And she is having a baby. She's having a baby conceived by the Holy Spirit, not a natural man. If it was a natural man, it wouldn't be a sinless baby. All right. It had to be a virgin birth. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, you don't believe in miracles and you don't believe in Christianity and you can't be a Christian. Okay. So the greatest miracle that ever happened, we're just kind of launching this thing, is the Christmas story. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus means Jehovah is Savior. Jehovah is Savior. Jesus came with a purpose to fulfill the mission of the Father and to save and redeem mankind from sin. For he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus came with a purpose. You and I are here for a purpose, and we're on a mission from the Father. Verse 22. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled. So not only is the virgin birth a miracle of all miracles, but it's a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. It's a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying. So when you look at the Christmas story, it speaks of miracles and also speaks of promises given, promises received. You and I should be pregnant today, carrying promises that were given to us by the word of God through the Holy Spirit. You should be pregnant with a promise. And that promise you're pregnant with will come to pass if you hold fast, if you believe, if you don't doubt. And the prophet saying, verse 23, behold, a virgin, everybody say a virgin, shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name. What? Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. Do you know that that right there in the Christmas story is the answer to loneliness? You don't ever have to be alone again. God with us. Uh, Emmanuel, his name reveals his mission, Savior. His name reveals his mission, Emmanuel, not only God for us, but God with us. And when you understand and acknowledge that God is with you, it gets rid of loneliness. It removes loneliness and it removes fear and it removes anxiety. When you know God is with you in the courtroom, in the hospital room, in the schoolroom, in the classroom, that God is with you on the campus, God is with you in your career, it removes, you never have to be alone again, you never have to fear again, you never have to be anxious again, because in his presence is fullness of joy. God with us. The Christmas story is all about victory over loneliness, victory over slavery, victory. He came to redeem us. It's victory over habits, hangups, hurts. It's victory. God with us, Emmanuel. Isn't it awesome to know that whatever you're facing today, a surgery, bankruptcy, a transition, a divorce, 
Uh, whatever you're going through today, if you understand God is with you, it gives you confidence. It gives you faith. It gives you strength. It gives you protection. Come on, somebody. Say it with me. God with us. Emmanuel. Verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord, this is Gabriel, had bidden him, and he took unto him his wife. Next, guys. Verse 25. And knew her not, that means they didn't have intercourse, until she brought forth her firstborn son. Jesus had other brothers and sisters. Did you know that? Jesus had other brothers and sisters. He was the firstborn. He didn't have any sex with her until after her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus, which means Jehovah saves, Jehovah delivers, Jehovah redeems. Verse 26, next verse. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Next, named Nazareth. All right, now we're going to go to Luke and we're going to look at Luke. Now, remember, I told you Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about the humanity of Christ. John talks about the deity of Christ. He's the God man. He was God who became flesh. We call it the virgin birth. Greatest miracle that ever happened. Proof. He's a miracle working God. Proof. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's still doing miracles. But you got to believe. I have to believe. Right? Your belief is a magnet. If you believe wrong, you track wrong. If you believe right, you track right. Your belief is a magnet to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, what's this now? Hail, Mary. She's 13 or 14. You are highly favored and the Lord is with thee. You are blessed among all women on the planet. Can you imagine being that one woman that's more favored by God than any other woman on earth? Now, this word favor is the same word in the Old Testament when it says God favored Noah. You realize Noah and the flood, only one family survived the earth, right? Only one family, Noah's family. All the other families on the planet were evil and they perished with the flood. The same word that says God favored Noah, it says God favored Mary. He said, you are more favored than any other woman on the planet. Now, my brother and sister, everybody here, everybody online, that doesn't just happen. That doesn't just happen. I'll say it again, that doesn't just happen. So how did it happen? We call this legacy. We call this legacy. No, I don't understand, Pastor. You go back to her parents. History says Mary was the only child in her family. She was the only child in her family. History says her father was a scribe. History says her father attended the scrolls. Let me break it down for you. He was a word man. He was a word father. He recorded the word. He protected the scrolls and he was a scribe. And history says he was over the local library that contained all the holy writings and the holy writing and the scrolls. 
So she grew up in a word house. She grew up in a faith home. She grew up where she was taught the word of God day and night, night and day. She grew up in a family that said to her, whatever happens to you, you ask yourself, what does the word say? It didn't just happen. God didn't just pick her out. It was a legacy. What was passed on from her parents that she accepted and lived by caused her to be the most favored woman in the world. And it goes back to her parents who taught her the word. That's history. Verse 29. And when she saw him, look at this. She was troubled at his saying. Now, now, now what is that? The angel Gabriel comes to her and says, Mary, you are the most highly favored, blessed woman at 14 years old in the world. And God has chosen you to bring the Savior through, through a virgin birth. And, and look what she, her response, she was troubled at his saying. Now, let me bring out some things here. Notice she didn't know she was the most favored woman in the world. What do you call that? Humility. She was the most favored woman in God's eyes, but she didn't know it. How many of you don't know you're favored by the most high God? How many of us don't have a clue of how God views us, how God thinks about us, how God has favored us? She was the most favored in the world woman by God, and she didn't know it. We call that humility. We call that servanthood, not a rock star Christian. Y'all still with me, everybody? Quiet in this great church. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind, how in the world could this be? How in the world could this be? Wow. Verse 30. And the angel said to her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Well, notice God never brings fear. If it's fear, it's not God. If it's fear, it's not God. If that dream is fear, it's not God. If that counsel is fear, it's not God. If that wisdom is fear. Now, there's a difference between respect and fear, right? And the angel said to her, fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Am I helping anybody today with the greatest miracle that ever happened? The virgin birth, the Christmas story. It's proof that God still does miracles. We serve a miracle-working God. The incarnation, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and salvation. That's what Jesus came for. He came to fulfill God's plan. God had a plan. Man was fallen through the first Adam in the Garden of Eden, but God wasn't going to leave man in that state. For he loved you so, he gave his only begotten, not forgotten, but begotten son. Verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He shall be great. Oh, wow. He shall be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest. Notice, he will be great. Number two, he'll be called the son of the highest. What's this? The virgin birth. The God-man. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Describing this babe this virgin birth, verse 33. 
and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Notice the four things. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Five things. Of his kingdom, you and I are part of, there shall be no end. There shall be no end. You and I are going to live forever. We have eternal life. We have abundant life. Our body may fall off, but our spirit never dies. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I've had no sex, no intercourse. I've had no sex. I've had no intercourse with a man. How shall this be? I want to bring out here that, that she's saying, you've given me this dream, but don't I need a man for this dream to come to pass? And what you and I learn from this is when God gives you a dream, you don't need necessarily everybody to believe in your dream for God to bring your dream to pass. Come on, somebody. God gave her this dream through Gabriel, and God told her what was going to happen, and God was going to use her for his plan. And she says, but I don't have, I'm going to put it in today's language, I don't have the right people in my life. I don't have enough people in my life. I don't have people believing in my dream. How can this come to pass? I remember we started Church on the Rock 39 years ago. There were more people that told me it never worked than those that told me it would. 39 years ago, there were more people in this city that told me it'll never work than those that told me it would. You don't need everybody to believe in your dream for your dream to come to pass. What you need is God. Verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, she said, how's this going to happen? And he says, the Holy Ghost, the creative force of the Trinity, he's going to come upon you, overshadow you. He's going to come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that that holy thing which shall be born of thee, this is called the virgin birth, will be called the Son of God. Philippians, next guys, I think it is Philippians 2. Look at Philippians chapter 2. It talks about the virgin birth. It talks about what Jesus did, who being in the form of God, Jesus, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Different functions, co-equal. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and was made, Jesus left heaven and was made in the likeness of men. Verse 8. And being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself. Oh, I would think so. When you left heaven, come to earth, to take the form of a human being so he could be our sacrifice because we had a debt we couldn't pay and he had a debt he didn't know and we needed someone to take our sin away, right? We needed a miracle and God sent us that miracle through the virgin birth, through the Christmas story. Being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So there it is, incarnation, Crucifixion, resurrection, salvation. The Christmas story, the virgin birth, the babe in a manger is the greatest miracle that has ever happened in history or that will ever happen. You say, Pastor, what about the resurrection? I know we can't get born again without it, but there couldn't have been a resurrection until there was a sacrifice, until there was incarnation, until there was a virgin birth. Y'all still with me? Okay, next, guys. Go next. Next page. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. Incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and salvation. 
Our life gets better when we see miracles. How do we see miracles? Number one, by believing in miracles. Number two, by embracing the message of miracles. Number three, by trusting. So we believe, we embrace, we trust, and we rely on the message. Takeaways today, number one, I acknowledge him as Emmanuel, and he gets closer. You know, Daniel sang the song a couple weeks ago, Closer. How does God get closer? By acknowledging him. When you say, thank you, Jesus, you're my Emmanuel, you're God in the flesh, you came here, you're with me, you'll never fail me, you'll never forsake me, you'll never leave me. Oh, Isaiah 41.10, be strong, take courage, he's always with us. As you acknowledge him as Emmanuel, he gets closer. Fear leaves, loneliness leaves, worry leaves, anxiety leaves. We acknowledge him for who he is. Number two, take away, agree with what he has said over you, you are highly favored. What did Mary have to do? Agree with what the angel spoke over her. You and I need to find out what does the word say and agree with it. What does the word say and agree with that? Not the news, not the news, not the news, not the news. Agree with what God has said over you, you are highly favored. You need to confess that every day. Number three, take away from the Christmas story. You don't need everyone to believe in your dream for it to come to pass. She said, how can this be? I have no husband. You might be asking yourself, my next series in January is called Dream Again. Dream Again in a brand new year. You might have let your dream go because you thought you needed this person, that person. You need to know the right people were to come to pass, and they never came around. You can never connect. I want to encourage you, dream again. Because you don't need everybody. You just need the right people. And God can bring the right people into your life. Number four, take away, trust God, and believe all things are possible. Trust God and believe all things are possible. And I think we have Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said unto them, if you can believe, don't you love this verse? If you, who's it up to? You. If you can believe, all things are possible to him or she or her that believeth. Now, if you can believe, that word believe in the Greek, as our team comes out, that word believe in the Greek is continuous tense. So it says it like this, if you are believing, if you are believing, my brother and sister, you can't stop believing. Even when you don't feel like it, keep believing. Even when your circumstances contradict, keep believing. Even when it's taken so long, keep believing. Even when other people say it can't be done, keep believing. Don't miss that. If you keep believing, all things are possible. Now that word possible in the Greek is power. Power? Yeah, if you keep believing, you'll release the miracle working power of God in your life. If you keep believing for a miracle, miracle power will be released in your life. Don't stop believing. Well, I did believe. Well, get back on the believing wagon. Keep believing. 
and your believing will release the miracle working power of God. And who do miracles come to? Those that believeth or those that are believing. Amen? Oh, and then, then let's jump ahead, guys, real quick to Isaiah chapter 9. We don't have time for, for the rest of this. We'll get it next week. But Isaiah 9, look at this. For unto us, look, 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 don't miss it. For unto us, a what? A child is born. Unto us, a son is, the son given is Jesus, or the son given is Christ, and the child born is Jesus. Natural birth, supernatural, virgin birth. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called what? What is a miracle? A wonder. He's a miracle-working God. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And look at this. We already had our altar call. He's the missing piece. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the missing piece that you need in your life. I'm done. Y'all get something today. Come on, keep believing for miracles. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.